Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Spiritual Success Podcast. Today I'm talking to Laura Powers and Laura is a celebrity psychic. She has been interviewed on Will Ferrell's podcast. Her BuzzFeed video went viral and she was also podcasting before it was even cool and now her podcast has millions of downloads. She's managed to build a very successful business for herself as a psychic based on her skill and her reputation. So she works with celebrity clients, high net worth clients, and she's very connected to the angels as well as, of course, her own psychic senses. On top of that, she's also an actress and a singer. So she's a woman of many talents, which we talk about in this episode. And we also talk about our journeys of uncovering our psychic gifts. So I have a very strong feeling that this episode is going to reach certain people today who really need to hear it because we talk about how we found out that we were psychic and intuitive and that started to happen through very physical changes that were happening. For example, becoming more intolerant to certain foods and alcohol, noticing changes in our energy, becoming more conscious of the people that we were keeping around us and the space that we were living in. So if this episode does speak to you today, do reach out to me and let me know. I would love to know what your takeaways were, if anything really hit home today. So reach out to me on Instagram at Roberta. I would love to know. Welcome to the Spiritual Success Podcast with me, Liz Roberta, a place for spiritual people who want to grow, learn and succeed in life and in business. I'll be talking to successful spiritual entrepreneurs, authors and thought leaders to understand what creates a meaningful and soul aligned life. So come on in, lightworkers. This is your time to shine. Hi, Laura. Hello, so nice to be here. So excited to have you on. You are the first celebrity psychic that I'm having on the podcast. Yay, I'm honored to be the first. (laughs) So can you tell us how you got into this line of work? And I know you do so many different things. So I'm just so intrigued about your story. How did this all happen for you? Yeah, you know, I think the sort of psychic piece often feels like it chooses you. And that was the case for me. I grew up um, always, first of all, feeling like I was different. Like I remember looking around at people and just feeling like an alien (laughs) as a child. Like I just always felt like I I viewed the world very differently. My first memory is actually from the other side. So I always, you know, had a different perspective um, because of that. I remember uh, right before I was born, basically. And then as a child, I also knew that I sensed the world differently right away I saw ghosts, for example, uh, growing up, and they looked in some cases like solid people to me. Not always, uh, but it was very confusing to me. I thought maybe I was crazy because, you know, other people didn't see what I did. And uh, because I couldn't always tell what was going on, you know, what was a ghost or or what was it, I would do things like call the cops on the ghost and the cops would show up because they thought there was an intruder in the house, you know, (laughs) you know, and then, you know, a spirit would do something like walk through a door or fuzz out or something. And then it'd be like, Oh, that's not a live person. You know? So I just grew up until I got training and, you know, figured out some things, just very confused. It was pretty stressful. (laughs) And then as an adult, I tried to block it out because to me, this was the thing that caused stress and anxiety. It was like, I don't feel like this is helpful. And I, so I blocked it out and, and I was fairly successful in the sense that I, stopped seeing and sensing for the most part, these things. And then 
as I got older and older, uh, my life started to get more and more challenging and it, it basically fell apart. And then I went to a psychic to try to figure out, you know, what to do with my life, what was going on. And she explained to me how, when I blocked out my psychic abilities, I blocked out my intuition. And of course I never told her that I blocked out my, you know, intuition or psychic abilities. And so that really resonated. And I set about the process of starting to take psychic training classes, not with the intention of, of being a, a psychic or doing this for anyone else, but really just to try to get my life back together. Because at that point I had gotten pretty, you know, off track. I was uh, in a bad marriage. I um, had lost my work due to the recession. So I was unemployed. I was physically ill, you know, just getting out of this bad marriage no money, you know, things were pretty bad <laughs> and all the metrics that you want things to be good. Mine was bad. And the, through the training, uh, I learned to tap into my intuition, but I also started to do practice readings for people and people started to say like, wow, you're really good at this, you know? And, and it just kind of started to develop and people started to ask me to do it. And then at that point I was in the practice of, you know, getting intuitive guidance and it became pretty clear that this was an area that I was being kind of nudged hard to go into uh, for work. So yeah, here we are. Very quickly, I gained notoriety. I, you know, got media attention. Started working with celebrities and you know, big entrepreneurs. And yeah, it's just developed over time. Oh my goodness, there's so much that I want to dig deeper into about your story <laughs> because I love that you shared with us your tower moment and it's been such a common theme that I've seen from so many people that come on the podcast when they've gone into spiritual work that everything else basically fell apart and then they were forced to take this different path. So I love that you shared that with us and thank you for being vulnerable there. And you mentioned your psychic training. So I'd love to talk more about this because I myself have obviously gone through psychic training, as will other people listening to the podcast. But I know there's going to be some people listening, thinking, okay, something's resonating here. I used to be psychic when I was a child and I've lost it, or it's something that I'm interested in developing as an adult. So can you tell us more about how you developed your psychic gifts and what that training looked like for you? Sure. So first of all, I just, as soon as I started getting into all this, I was so curious and I just started to get my hands on whatever I could, which at that time was books. So I read a ton of books on spiritual topics, on angels, on intuition, you know, the supernatural, all, all kinds of things in, in this kind of general area. And I'm, I'm a voracious reader. So I, I was literally reading like a book or uh, a day or every two days, you know, I just read, 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 and, you know, I'd get, find an author and maybe like read all the books that they had <laughs> and then find another author uh, that was in this kind of genre. And then I also started taking classes from many different teachers, taking classes on just sort of traditional psychic practice, um, on, ghost whispering on how to clear spaces. Uh, and then I very quickly got the guidance to start teaching uh, and write a book. So I, you know, even though it was in many ways new to me in terms of like accessing it on purpose, like because my whole childhood, I was like, what is this? This is horrible. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore it as best as I can. But then as soon as I started to acknowledge it and really you know, work at it and, and kind of try to be in that world very quickly. It was like, I knew I needed to start teaching and I knew I needed to start sharing this information. So I started teaching quickly, 
I wrote my first book and I also started my podcast, uh, Healing Powers Podcast. Um, and it's interesting with my podcast because now it's so clearly an avenue for me to talk about this stuff. But I had gone through this health journey that was part of, as you described it, my tower moment where I you know, was really physically ill and had a kind of health crisis. And so when I started out my podcast, I was really talking more about that. And then as I developed and things developed for me, I started to integrate more of the sort of mind, body, spirit element, and also talk about my work as a psychic and integrate that into the show. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey. And, you know, I, I, whenever things are bleak for people or they feel bleak, I always like to tell people, look, it's always darkest before the light and just keep going and also really follow like, what is that guidance? Because so often we're, it's so fascinating, but we're afraid of that, which is actually the best for us. Yeah, I totally agree. And it always makes me think of the Ten of Swords. So the Rider Waite Tarot deck, the Ten of Swords, there's this person lying on the ground. They've got Ten Swords in their back. They're like dead. It's a black sky, but in the distance, there's a yellow sky, like a sunrise. And the message of the card is exactly that. It's always darkest before the dawn. And I mean, I've experienced that myself, as I know a lot of people listening will have as well, for sure. So you mentioned before we started recording and you also alluded to it when you were talking just a moment ago that once you started to use your psychic skills, things just kind of blew up for you really, really quickly. And you said before when we were chatting that you really learned how to use the law of attraction when you learned more about kind of your psychic skills and that spiritual side. So can you talk more about that and what you've learned about the law of attraction and how you can use everything that you've learned in your psychic development to help you to manifest? Sure. So yeah, things did develop quickly for me. Um, it's not to say it wasn't without a learning curve. I mean, just like anything, you know, you don't learn to walk without falling down a whole bunch of times. So things did manifest for me very quickly, but there, there were uh, things that I had to learn kind of the hard way. Um, even though I learned quickly to follow my intuition, there was still some programming stuff that was difficult to get through. So uh, in one example, I actually was guided to take a psychic training and it was in Australia and it was expensive and I didn't have any money, you know? So I, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, how am I going to do this? So I, and I, there was still, I think some fear about kind of stepping into this to that degree, like taking a big training and flying out of country and doing that. And the financial aspect was, was a big part of it. So I basically pushed off that training um, and decided like, no, I have to be practical. And now I'm like, screw practicality. <laughs> like if spirit says it's it's the right thing in a way that practicality doesn't matter too much. So I, I basically waited a whole year and then that same training was offered in Hawaii. And so at that point I did it and I didn't have any more money than I'd had when I started. But that was a big lesson for me to operate on that faith because when you operate on that faith, things just show up. And so I put it on a credit card, which thankfully I had a credit card to put it on this training. And it was a lot of money at the time for the training and the travel. It was about $10,000, you know, so, you know, that's a, it's a significant outlay, especially for someone who doesn't have any money in the bank <laughs> and no regular job. Cause I was building my psychic business, but I was still very new at it. So like, like, you know, I've been building over time, but that said, when you still look at the big picture, most psychics, you know, struggle with their business period. Like they never gained that much traction. I pretty quickly got some clients. And then after I got that training, that was a big moment for me. I think it was kind of that leap of faith. 
And once I did that, I was rewarded. Things really started to come together for me. Um, I quickly got, you know, media attention and just grew from there. Like I, I went from my hometown of Lafayette, Colorado, which is this tiny little town. Of, at that time, it was about 30,000 people. Moved to Denver, very quickly shifted from Denver to moving to Los Angeles and, you know, got featured by BuzzFeed, started having some big clients. And yeah, it just grew from there. So overall it grew quickly, but I also don't want it to make it sound like, and then everything was just perfect so easily. Like, you know, there's still a learning curve. And for me, the, the biggest challenge I think was, you know, learning to take that guidance, even when logically I was like, this makes no sense. I, sometimes I did it more easily than others. And now I'm definitely better at it than I was just because I've learned what happens when I listen and what happens when I don't. And then the other piece, which I think is very, very common for any kind of intuitive psychic or healer is that persecution fear. So I think part of what was behind that was just that fear of, you know, even in talking about it, I feel like I'm empathically feeling from your audience. I get this kind of like clenched feeling in the throat. You know, is it okay to use my voice? Is it okay to be visible? And many of us have past life persecutions, you know, burned as witches or thrown in, in uh, uh, jails or prisons by the church or, or whatnot. It, that, whatever that is might vary from person to person. But, you know, the idea of like, is it safe for me to really step into this in a visible way? And we are living, thankfully, in a different time than we have in many points in history, where now I get paid a, a good living <laughs> to do these things, whereas in the past, uh, these kinds of things, yeah, would have been persecuted. So I think this is really a time when it is more safe, depending where you are in the world, but I'm talking about where you are, where I am, say, in the UK or in the United States, um, this is something that is safe for us to do. It really is. And I genuinely feel like we're going through this big awakening and that so many more people are turning towards spirituality. Obviously, The Secret came out and then that was huge. I go onto clothing websites now and everything's got like an astrology print or star signs on it. And I definitely think there is a huge shift. But like you said, we do have this witch wound, a lot of us. So yeah, definitely resonate with that. And I want to go into a bit more about building your business because you mentioned that and you said it wasn't always easy. How did you manifest these celebrity clients? Yeah, so I think it's it comes in bits and pieces. And I think the biggest piece of advice that I can give on that is to follow the guidance that you get, even if it doesn't make sense to you at the time. So I very quickly was guided to start a podcast. And now podcasting is a big thing. This was 10 years ago. Literally the, the first thing that pretty much everyone say to me when I said I started, I was hosting a podcast was what's a podcast. Like no one knew what this thing was. <laughs> no one was listening relatively speaking, but it was such a strong message. And um, one of the things that podcasting did for me was it helped me find my voice. It helped me connect with others who were successful and model after them. You know, I was interviewing people that were putting themselves out there. They had more experience than I did. So I learned from them. I started to gain an online presence, feel more confident, and then also just following the guidance that I was getting. So I learned, especially through that, most of the time I listened, but every once in a while, like for that training I mentioned in Australia, I didn't, but then I would learn, well, that didn't go well. Like when I didn't listen, things didn't go well. <laughs> and when I did listen, things went a lot better. So I very quickly figured out like, yeah, it's just better to just, even if this doesn't make sense or it feels really difficult for me kind of energetically, it's better to listen and kind of go along with it because 
it just goes more smoothly. So this is a process of trial error. And, and also just for everyone to know that, you know, your guidance is a conversation and you can ask questions and you can ask for signs. And I'll give an example. I, I raised my prices very aggressively. Like in the first year, I think I raised my prices two and maybe three times within a year and a half or something like that. It was, you know, pretty and quick, like leveling up in terms of what I was charging, but it was guided every time. And that last time in, in that first year, year and a half, I remember just being like, gosh, am I an ego about this? It seems like so fast to be doing this. And I asked my angels and spirit guides for a very clear sign that I could not misunderstand about it. So I was driving home from Denver uh, to my hometown of Lafayette at the time, which was 30, 40 minute drive. So it was in the car that I asked for this message and I got home and in my mailbox was a business magazine that I had not subscribed to. And the headline article was 10 reasons why you should raise your prices. <laughs> and it was addressed to me, by the way, this magazine and inside were 10 reasons. Like, so that my logical mind was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so just know that you can, you can like ask for guidance and information and get it along the way. And so it was through doing things like that, that I, you know, sometimes made things that were difficult choices that were difficult to make, but it was easier when I felt like, well, this is coming up for a reason, or it's very clear to me that this is what I should do. Wow. And I know what you mean, because I've had exactly that, whether it's angel numbers or just some insane sign when it's so obvious. And then whew, you just realize that you totally are supported and, and guided. So that's kind of one way that you get guidance. How else do your psychic senses work? Because I do this kind of work with my clients and I found that clairsentience is probably the most common one. But are you clairvoyant, clairaudient, all the things? How do your psychic senses work for you and how do you get your guidance? Yeah, so I'm very clairvoyant. I'm also uh, clairaudient. I'm very clairsentient or empathic. And I just know things. And when I read, I, I would say I rely more on clairvoyance than I do in my sort of day-to-day -day life. But that said, it is really interesting because the best way I can describe it is that sometimes things are like psychically highlighted visually for me. And then sometimes it's like things are kind of dull or more great. So when I go into a room, I both kind of feel the energy in terms of where to go. And then I also will get some visual cues. Like literally, it'll feel like over there looks brighter. <laughs> over there looks darker energetically. So it's a bit hard to explain. And then there also the energy that will, will match. So it's literally sometimes it's like it's kind of these visual cues and then just feeling where I'm drawn into the energy and where it feels good to be. I, I'll tell a story about that one. So while I was building my psychic business, I was making my living as an actress in theater. So my undergrads in theater, and it's funny when I tell people this because I basically put acting on hold while I built my psychic business, but I was making my living as an actress and you know, that's not an easy thing to do, but I was with the musical director uh, for my show. We'd gone out after our show and we'd gone to this bar and we're talking and all of a sudden they said to him, we need to move. The energy just got really bad here. <laughs> and we stepped, we stepped away and literally like five seconds later, a fist fight broke out, like a violent fist fight broke out right where we had been standing. Like the guy that was like kind of my back was to him. So I couldn't see him when I said that. 
And, you know, I picked up on that energy and that this was a man who was very skeptical. So he knew I was doing the psychic thing, but he didn't really believe it. And it just blew his mind. Like he just, he's like, I tell everyone that story, you know, even years later, I, I ran into him and he's like, I still talk about that, <laughs> how crazy that was. So it's a combination of just telepathy, inner knowing, visual cues, and then the energy. Okay. So being super sensitive then, what do you do in terms of protection? Lots of cord cutting, angels, how do you kind of go through day-to-day -day life being so open and so sensitive? Because I know, for example, when I was a child, I was like so incredibly sensitive. Like I know so many empaths and star seeds and all the things are. And then you kind of shut it off through teenage years and early 20s and then you go through this process of opening it all up again so do you have any advice for how people can kind of protect their their field I guess so that they're not being completely overwhelmed every day just going through life if they have similar gifts yeah so I think certainly energy tools uh, are important um, but I think the biggest piece of advice I could give is to have strong boundaries energetically and physically because if you have boundaries and you're in good spaces and situations you don't need to do as much clearing you know so I remember when I first started it was like I feel like I'm always having to clear and and then it was like oh maybe there's a message there in terms of what what I'm exposing myself to and, and I, I remember this very clear message I got from my guides where they basically said look if you're always interacting with people or energy beings or whatnot, where you have to say no, where you have to assert that boundary really hard, maybe that's not the environment to be in. Meaning like be with people and in situations where you don't have to assert so much and like they're more respectful of you. So I had to do a lot of healing work and shifting work in terms of my relationships and who and what I was interacting with. So the, the guys gave me this analogy, which I love, that our minds, our lives, and our energy fields are very much like a Netflix queue. Do you watch Netflix? Yeah. And so basically, it's like this kind of universal algorithm, and whatever we engage with, we get sent more of that. So the problem is a lot of people are doing certain things in their day-to-day -day life, engaging in certain people or circumstances or situations, but wanting something completely different. And it's like, what we really have to do is consciously assess the things that we're connecting and engaging with. And if we don't like those things, we need to stop and withdraw. And we may keep getting those things in our queue, our sort of Netflix queue of life for a while afterwards until the algorithm switches. So it's important to just pay attention to, you know, if you don't want something, but you're doing it anyway, you're going to get more of it. Like that's just how it works. So just developing an understanding of that and being very boundaried has helped. So when I had stronger boundaries with physical people in my life, for example, the sort of psychic attacks and energetic or spiritual boundaries that I struggled with got much, much easier because of that kind of principle. Such good tips. And I guess what I was getting from what you were saying was basically kind of being the person that you want to be as the future you and then you wait for the time lag and then once that time lag has passed you then start attracting the new things so if you're like putting that boundary in place and you're not accepting anymore you are essentially being the person in the future who has everything you want because they wouldn't accept it 
Yeah, and there can be this point, and I've, I've seen this with my clients, and I remember experiencing this. Like, there, I remember this point where I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I don't have any friends right now. <laughs> because so many of the people that had been in my social circle just felt like we're aligned, and I, I saw things that I hadn't before and realized that it wasn't a healthy dynamic and whatnot. And it took a bit of time for that new kind of group, new energy to come in. So uh, what happens to a lot of people is they get that point and they kind of retract back into the old pattern, but then that's what stays. Um, so just hold steady in your faith and your determination of what you want and believe that you can have it and it will come in. So this happened, for example, I was guided to give up drinking. And I think a lot of psychics and sensitives will have this come up and it was not an easy thing to do. I mean, drinking is so wrapped up in our society in terms of cultural norms and, you know, just a, a thing that people do, an activity that people do. And I, that was one of those things that I resisted a bit, <laughs> you know, the, the message. Um, and, but I did eventually stop drinking. And I remember this point where, like, I realized that so many of my drinking friends were people I just, needed to stop hanging out with. And once you took away the drinking, there was really nothing there. Meaning there wasn't anything substantial in terms of like, wow, we have this connection. Like drinking was the connection. And when I took that away and stopped drinking, it didn't really align. I also didn't really enjoy it. Um, and this isn't everyone, but there were certain people where that was really the case. And then I, so I really pulled back and I was a bit of a hermit for a while. And it just took a, a little bit of time for me to connect with people where it felt like there was more of that alignment and for drinking wasn't a big thing. Yeah, I feel you there. Literally before I was recording this episode, I was just voice noting a friend who's also a healer and we were talking about drinking. So it's so funny that you mentioned that because I went on a hen do this weekend, a bachelorette, and I drunk and I, I was ill for days and I drank maybe a third of what I used to drink on a Saturday night and I was 10 times more ill. So that definitely does happen as you just keep awake and you get so sensitive and food as well is another thing. I seem to be intolerant yeah. to everything now. Gluten, dairy, alcohol just makes me so physically ill. Whereas, you know, I used to just inhale it and it was never even a thought. So you definitely do become more sensitive. Well, I, I will just say that if you're hearing this message, then there's probably something there for you that will help you in terms of letting go of, it could be alcohol, it could be a certain food or, or substance. So several things that I have seen as a pattern with people that are psychic intuitive that are helpful to release would be alcohol, caffeine, and then certainly sugar. And in many cases, gluten or wheat and sometimes dairy. Um, and interestingly, some of those things I somewhat integrated later or have been able to, and some are just like, I think for my life, I'm never going to be able to have this. Um, one is alcohol. The other one is, is wheat. Like I'm just, I, it's interesting because I also got a test and I'm, I'm literally a slow, uh, carb processor and allergic to wheat, like it's in my genes, like I'm highly likely to be those things. Um, so it's important to pay attention to that. And some of this is about boundaries too. Like if, if something isn't good for your body as a psychic, you are kind of like at a certain point, not able to ignore that. So I think it's always not been good for our bodies, but as you start to get psychic, it's like you develop a stronger sense of awareness and your body will literally start to reject it. So 
this happened for me. Um, first thing for me was caffeine. And I remember like I used to be a coffeeaholic and I, it's fascinating because I would start to make my coffee when I went through the shift and like, I would literally like dramatically spill the coffee. And for a while I was like, what is this? Like I'd have these dramatic coffee accidents, spill the coffee all over the floor. And then I realized it was like, my body was like, no, <laughs> don't, don't drink that. And then I, I finally got the message and I went through this major detox, not on purpose, meaning like this wasn't like I decided to detox, but my body just purged it out. I literally vomited and it, it, I knew it wasn't like a flu because it didn't feel the other sides of the flu. I didn't have fever or shaking or, you know, body aches or any of that or fever. It was just vomiting. And then once I had done that for about a day and a half and I tried to drink coffee again and I literally couldn't drink it. Like I would pour it and then it would just sit there. And I didn't, I realized that I just like hadn't drunk it like all morning, you know, which had never happened before. It was such an automatic thing to drink it. So, and then I kind of put two and two together and realized that I had kind of detoxed and released caffeine. And also I was highly addicted to uh, diet sugar, like, you know, diet Coke and those all fake sweeteners at that time in my life. And now I can have things like stevia or monk fruit sweetener. Um, but I couldn't even have those then. Whereas now I, I do, I have that, I have xylitol. So there comes a point where you have to like clear out and be really pure with your body. And some things you may reintegrate later and some you may not, but it's important to pay attention to whatever your body needs and wants at that time. And when you do, everything goes much better. Like when I finally literally stopped drinking, cause what I did is it sounds like what's happening with you. I, I used to drink a lot. Like I was a heavy drinker not like an alcoholic or anything, but I could drink, you know, and I did <laughs> when I, I didn't drink at home, but you know, when I went out and, and I did go out frequently, I would drink a lot. And it was, I remember very distinctly this, the first time I, I had over the period of like a whole evening with food, about four drinks. And the next day I was wrecked and I was like, what? That's so weird. That wasn't enough to normally make me ill or have a hangover. And so I thought, well, you know, who knows, maybe something I ate. And then, and then consistently I started to notice the same thing. So then I was like, okay, I'll drink top shelf gluten-free. And even then I could, you know, I had to limit what I drink. And then it was like two drinks and then it was one drink. And basically what it got down to was I would drink like half a drink and I'd feel immediately ill. Like basically it's like insta hangover. So if you don't listen, this is what will likely happen to you. Cause that's what happened to me is basically your body is like, no, 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 no. And it says no more quickly. Um, if it's less and less aligned, but what's fascinating was I finally just got the message and, and just fully let go of it. And I just completely stopped drinking, like not anything, like not even, you know, half a drink with food or whatever that's right after that was when a whole bunch of things I'd been trying to manifest came in some celebrity clients, you know, Buzzfeed appearance being featured by Buzzfeed. And that was a really significant one for me. I got a lot of clients from that, that video to date is still the, the online video that has the most appearances for me. It's at three, some three point something million views. And it was just so fast. It was so clear. Like so many of these, Oh, and, and I booked a TV pilot. It didn't get picked up, unfortunately, but we shot it. You know, I got, I was on this, TV pilot and, and book that as a psychic. So all these things that have been really trying hard to manifest and bring in, they just, as soon as I stopped drinking, which had pulled my energy down, it was like, whoop, they just popped in like fast and easily, you know? So if you're struggling with manifesting, maybe look at in your life and look at, okay, what is it that is maybe out of alignment or is bringing my energy down 
And when you release that, these things will just come in. Yes, space always needs to be filled. That's what I've learned as well. And for example, the office that I'm in right now, I totally manifested it. And I did it by doing things like buying the cushion for my desk chair. And I just had it sat and I had a two bed flat at the time. And I was like, this is the cushion that I'm going to have on my desk chair. And I was just buying things for this office that I didn't have. And by doing that, I was completely certain and had faith, like you mentioned before, that this is going to happen. And I also did a really big decluttering as well. So I made space and I was like, right, I don't want all of my old stuff. I want my new house to be really high vibe. I want it to feel good. But I had so much old stuff like my partying dresses, money to go out all the time, stuff from, I don't know, teenage years, childhood that just didn't fit me anymore that wasn't relevant. And I was like, right, I'm going to get rid of this old stuff and I'm going to start buying little bits and bobs for my new home. And then lo and behold, within a few months, I had a new house with uh, office. So absolutely making making space and everything has an energy so anything that isn't energetically aligned with that you're holding on to will kind of keep that energy in your life like there isn't room for the new and it's fascinating as you shift that these things happen more quickly so like i remember going through that and you know i got divorced and i lost weight um, through my health journey as well like during my health issues which had coincided with when i was married and also psychically shut down I had gained weight and I was also at that point in very kind of more traditional conservative work. So would wear suits and, you know, just a lot more conservative dress. Now I can, I wear whatever I want, you know, <laughs> right now I'm kind of like yoga, yoga attire, you know, but it just basically I can wear whatever I want. It's my own business. You know, I don't have to like dress up for an office. And I, I and then I remember this big thing, like I have to get rid of these clothes that no longer suit my style or my size. And, you know, that happened after several years of this like mass purge. And now literally like every few months, I, I kind of go through the shift where it's like these clothes that fit me fine physically, but they just, it just feels like the best way I can describe it is like, if I put it on, I feel like I'm putting on someone else's skin. It just doesn't feel right. And so it's just fascinating how this, pro this process has accelerated and I do manifest and shift very quickly. So the faster you allow yourself to let go of things, when they are out of alignment, the faster it allows you to shift and make space, as you said, for those new things. Yeah. So if you hold on to things, you get to keep them. I mean, that's what we say about limiting beliefs. And it's the same with everything. If you hold on to the bad relationship, then you're not making space for the love of your life. Same with everything. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's a challenge. And, and the other thing I'll say is when you're living your life this way, a lot of people will not understand what you're doing and that's okay. Like I remember, you know, I come from this background of political science and government. Like I worked in higher education. I worked for years at the president's office of the state university in my state, you know, it was very kind of traditional academic conservative. And my family has a lot of teachers in it and a lot of people in medicine. So when I went through this, <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to be a psychic. And people were like, they just kind of boggled their mind. They didn't understand. One of my aunts asked if I was schizophrenic. Like, you know, it was like just totally just a lack of awareness. Now, my, my immediate family, my mother was, was more supportive. But I'm just talking about, like, the extended family. And even when people didn't say anything to my face, I could tell that they were just like, this is totally ridiculous. And, 
And it seemed that way. I, I mean, I understand in a way why people thought that. I mean, here I was, I got this university work and then I'm like starting a podcast and, you know, started working as an actress and building my psychic business and no one got it, you know, literally no one got it. And I just had to be in that uncomfortable space of like, well, people are judging me. People don't understand. And that's okay. Because I know inside myself, I know intuitively that this is the right thing for me. And what's fascinating is how, how I saw this flip that, you know, some people in my family and certainly just people in my, my life and kind of my past, my social circle, like suddenly once certain things started to happen, they were like, oh, okay, I guess she's okay. Or I guess she knows what she's doing. For example, when I was uh, featured on Will Ferrell's podcast, I was on a guest on his podcast, the Ron Burgundy podcast, and they could literally see how a whole bunch of people all of a sudden were like, oh, I guess it's okay. Like <laughs> she's, she's not doing so badly, you know? So just to say that, that if you're going through this path, you, you know, you may be in a circle of people that don't operate that way and they don't understand and they just think you should just get a regular job or, you know, just kind of be like everybody else or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But just if you follow that inner guidance and be authentic to yourself, good things will happen. And eventually they may be like, I get it. And maybe they won't either. And that's okay. But it's just really important to follow that. Even if logic says, no, people don't understand, you know, you feel like the black sheep or a fish out of water and you will find your tribe. You will find your, your group of people that you align with in your journey. I love that so much. And yeah, totally agree. The more you get into alignment, you're basically showing your commitment to a new lifestyle, to being in a higher vibration, and then everything else starts to shift and change around you for sure. I've definitely noticed that, that when you start changing one area of your life, you kind of, you move up a level energetically, and then you also start to notice what doesn't fit as well. And then you're like, oh, actually, hmm, yeah, those friends don't, don't really fit me, or that thing I was doing with my time doesn't work or even types of exercise. Like I think about the type of exercise I used to do. I mean, I did none for like most of my life. Then when I got a bit healthier, I started doing it, but I was basically forcing myself to do workouts that I hated, like absolutely hated. And then now I do ones which I enjoy more. And of course I have better results from it. So you mentioned a few different challenges there obviously letting go of friends, your family thinking you were crazy, becoming more kind of allergic to alcohol and certain types of food. Were there any other challenges that you faced along your path to getting where you are today that you think would be helpful to talk about? Yeah, one of them that's coming up to mention is just your thoughts, you know, and struggling with them. So a lot of psychic people, sensitive people are very telepathic. And struggle with, I would describe, you know, negative or unpleasant thoughts. And I grew up that way and, you know, was um, depressive and suicidal when I was a, a teenager and an adolescent. And negative sort of mind talk kind of chatter was just my normal. And it wasn't until I got my psychic training that I, I started to realize like, oh my gosh, this is this is not coming from me, you know? So just if you haven't had that realization to just really start to develop awareness of your thoughts, what are your thoughts? What aren't your thoughts? And the message I've gotten psychically is that most people's actual thoughts are either neutral or positive. 
And so if you're experiencing a lot of thoughts of, you know, fearful thoughts, um, thoughts with anxiety, judgmental thoughts about yourself or others, it's likely not truly your thought and more likely something that you're picking up on psychically. So I remember when I had that realization and it was like my mind was blown because I just thought this kind of negative mind chatter was just kind of like how things were. And, and as a result of that, the stuff that I was hearing psychically in my mind was not positive, like, you know, really bad, a lot of self-judgment. I thought I was ugly growing up and it, and that literally made no sense in terms of my physical circumstances. Like I was a child model, <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, you know, and, uh, and then, but I still had this idea of like somehow it was ugly. And then I remember when like guys started to hit on me and I thought that they were like teasing me, like joking at first because I, my self-concept was so poor until I realized that like, they can't all be in on it. Like there's too many guys that are (laughs) flirting with me, asking me out or whatever. Um, So when I tapped into and started to access my psychic gifts, I'll I'll never forget when I started to just suddenly be like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I, I remember walking down the street and there was a specific moment when I suddenly realized that the, the voices in my head weren't my voices. And it just, it was such an incredible light bulb moment. So just for everyone to think about that and to think about your thoughts as more like a conversation that you're a part of. So like you and I are talking and I can tell when you're talking and I can tell when I'm talking, but psychically you frequently can't tell until you start to really learn to analyze and assess. So just to think about that and then with the physical conversation, you know, you make a choice of what you want to engage with, who you want to talk with, you know, at any point you can be like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. And you can do that with your thoughts as well. You know, and I say that kind of in quotes, your thoughts, you can do that with the mental stuff as well. If there's things that are coming up in your thoughts that are not positive or helpful or that you just don't like, you don't have to continue that conversation. Um, So it, it can take practice of just being like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. And you may kind of still kind of hear it in the background, but eventually over time it does clear out. And this is huge because it leaves your mental space more open for, you know, positive things to come in. Mm -hmm. I resonate with so much of what you said there because I had eating disorders as a teenager, started with anorexia, then had bulimia. And literally the way I got myself out of it was doing exactly that. Like I got to like my low point and I was like, this cannot go on and then the way that I beat it was just by combating every single thought that came in I didn't have any like therapy or anything like that but every thought that came in I was like nope nope no and I would like capture it and I would try and change it and it was this conscious difficult thing and it was like tiresome because it was like every single thought and then it was fewer thoughts and then it was fewer and then eventually it was gone and it was just by being totally conscious and aware noting the thoughts and basically turning them around and being like nope so like putting a boundary in place and being like oh that thought's there okay now I don't like that thought right that has to go yeah and I I think when we're analyzing our thoughts and just kind of developing awareness of it to think if someone said to me this in in person how would I respond to that like would I be like yeah you're right (laughs) if someone was like you're a horrible stupid bitch or whatever you know everyone's you know self-talk that negative stuff that is, is different, you know, it could be you're ugly, it could be you're stupid or you're worthless or, you know, whatever, or, or it could be about other people. So if you were standing with someone that said something 
horrible about another person, would you be like, yeah, I'm still going to talk to that person? No, you wouldn't. You would disengage. So when you look at your thoughts, start to think of it from that same perspective and then just basically disengage and don't continue that conversation, that sort of mental conversation, if you wouldn't allow that physical conversation to continue. Such a good tip. So the last question I want to ask, I ask everyone who comes on the podcast is what is your favorite thing about doing this work? I think it's the ability to shift quickly because you you probably have some awareness of this, but when you get a, a psychic message for someone else, like in a reading um, or for a healing session, it's for you too. So you're basically constantly, even when you're not asking for the signs and messages for yourself, you're constantly getting guidance. And if you listen to it, you shift fast because like the world is a mirror, you know? And so I think that's my favorite thing. And I can manifest and call things in like, so fast and incredible things. And I think people are constantly like, how do you do that? And it's because I am listening to my intuition. I'm following the energy. I'm setting intentions. And I do this on a regular basis through my work and also just through my life. So I think that's, that's my favorite thing is just being able to follow the energy, pay attention to shift quickly and just lead a really magical life. Like you know, not long ago, I was in France and in Cannes for the Cannes Film Festival, the French Riviera. I was staying at this incredible villa. It's called Villa Elegance. It was where all the Forbes parties were. View of the ocean. Like literally every night was a big partying event for the festival. And, you know, I, there was one night as an example where I, so I did, I did, I was a child model and then I modeled uh, more just as a, like a side thing since then and, and I ended up walking in this fashion show and debuting one of my songs that I had only sung in the recording studio so I, I channel music so basically full songs will just like come into my head and it's constant like I just wrote one last night I say wrote but it just basically comes in and I have to record it or it goes away and you know this these opportunities just popped up like and then you know here it is here I, I debuted a song at this incredible big very glamorous party on the French Riviera. (laughs) So just go for it. Just there's literally almost nothing that you can't create. If you just give your self permission, if you pay attention to your guidance. And at the same time, even though I've, I've had some incredible experiences already. And I, in general, I think live a very magical life. I also have this sense that in many ways, I'm just beginning, like things have just started because I would say the last 10 years, have been me just trying to figure out how to do all this very well and work through blocks because you have belief blocks, everyone does. And as you work on clearing them, it allows things to come in more easily. So a couple of things I suggest for people to help clear them. I'm a big fan of tapping, obviously paying attention to your thoughts, setting intentions. And then there's something called emotion code that I've done quite a few sessions with that. And so just doing basically try a lot of different tools and see what works for you, but just keep working at it. If you have beliefs that aren't in alignment with what you want, like for example, that it's hard to make money or that you're not good enough or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, just work on those beliefs and clearing them. And I, I, I heard something in a book that I thought really resonated and, I, and I'm getting to share it here, which is your beliefs are just your agreements with reality. So all you have to do is just, change your agreement. Be like, I don't, I don't agree with that anymore. If I believe that it's hard to make money, um, or I can't have love, I'm just, I'm just going to, 
and change that agreement. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't believe in that anymore. And it does. It, it does change if you do the work. Such good tips there. This has been absolutely incredible. So much gold. I can't wait to listen back to it. And I know it's going to help so many people. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Where can people find you? Sure. So my psychic and intuitive work website, because I, I also have a creative website and a sort of coaching website. So the psychic one is healingpowers.net. If you're wanting to develop your business side, I also do very like woo-woo business classes and coaching. And I felt there was a big need for that, um, especially this past year. I started doing a lot more of that. So I teach podcasting. I teach how to write a book. I teach a lot of different things using your voice booking media. So that's on my website, powershour.biz. And powers is P-O-W-E-R-S, like the word powers. Um, and that is my last name, by the way. It's not a stage name. <laughs> uh, and then you can find me, you know, on, on Instagram, laurapowers44. Feel free to connect, reach out, send me a DM. Email is bookings at laurapowers.net. And you can also find me on Facebook. So yeah, I would love to connect with your, your listeners and your audience. Thank you so much for coming on, Laura. This has been great. Uh, it's my pleasure. And just, you know, sending a message to all of you that you can have the most amazing life. And I know it can feel hard, the like levels of initiation and whatnot as you're going through these things, but it's totally worth it. So keep going. Uh, there's a, an expression where you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> don't stop. Don't slow down. Just move. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode and please remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm sure that like me, you would love for more people to know this information. So if you leave a review and send me a screenshot of it on Instagram, which is at I am Ms. Roberta, you'll get a $50 voucher code to use on one of my online course launches. This won't be around forever. So go and leave a review now and I'll see you next time.